0: Today on The Topping Show, Elon Musk roasts BBC in an interview, Bud Light executives are furious and worried, Lego gets political, Apple ramps up production in India, NBA is on hiring freeze, you can now trade stocks on Twitter, Hyundai and Kia are being sued by US cities, Trump is suing Michael Cohen for $500 million, Zelensky apparently embezzled about $400 million, Bud Light hypocrisy is brewing to the surface, all of that and much much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're an IT leader or business owner, you can reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Heck, I see the owner at least twice a day. I have to say, quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that's the joke. Now, jumping into the business part of today's podcast, Apple announced that they're gonna be, or rather a memo leaked, noting that they are going to be increasing their production in India. Now, in 2022, Apple tripled its production of iPhones in India, now up to 7% of all total iPhone manufacturing, equating to about $5 billion in products. Going back a couple years, in 2021, the amount of production only accounted for 1% of all of iPhone production. So a seven-fold increase, and it's only going to get even more. Now, Apple is also opening their first iPhone store in India next week, which I found astonishing considering the exponential size of the market. One would think they would already have an official Apple store in India. Nevertheless, now that they're having their factories expand, it makes sense to also have those stores there as well. Now, it is estimated that by 2025, their production in India could reach 25% of all iPhone production. And given the economic trends and global trends, I would expect that to happen, if not increase even more. One of the biggest supply chain disasters in history was due to the COVID nineteen virus taking over in China in particular, shut down their cities really tight. So doing business there and having all your eggs in one basket or seemingly an overwhelming number of eggs in that one bastic basket, extremely problematic for many businesses, from IT companies with their manufacturing to traditional consumer grade IT companies like Apple. If your main source of supply shut off, you're in a bit of a hurry, which is why the most successful companies during COVID had diversified manufacturing plants, you know, at least from the IT industry. I noticed that Cisco, one of the largest telecom communicators and hardware manufacturers of the planet, they have a lot of plants in Mexico and other countries. So their supply chain was able to withstand it. They still had some shortages, but they were much better off than some of their competitors, where I know some of their competitors only have two manufacturing plants. And by the way, they're both located In China so for that particular manufacturer it took my IT company nine and a half months to have a product ship and to be fulfilled which is a lifetime in IT of course but I think a lot of manufacturers after COVID they realized the amount of risk you have to have all your production in one site is so great you have to diversify your manufacturing facilities so if there's ever a outbreak or a particular country shut down either for geopolitical issues or biohazard issues your company is not kneecapped to the point where you can't ship any product and a lot of companies went out of business during covid partially because they couldn't get the resources their actual materials and their hardware to make the products they sell now going into other businesses the nba is cutting their budget and going with the hiring freeze not too surprising you also had the nfl announced similar announcements where they're going to be decreasing their costs as much as they can and then you have mediocre i mean great broadcast productions like ESPN where they're cutting production and headcount and I say they're mediocre just because one back the clock 15 years ago maybe 20 years ago 20 years ago they were the pinnacle for sports broadcasting and it was something is a product for everyone and everyone and then they suffered decreasing ratings and someone over there realized reality TV and politics There's a lot of friction, there's a lot of appeal and all the buzz around that. So they became much more politically divisive, talking about things that have nothing to do with throwing a pigskin, although nowadays it's just some synthetic material for the football. But they got into other extraneous topics that alienated a lot of the consumers and customers, and thankfully, the free market always prevails. So you have competitors like The Daily Wire, where they actually have their own sports broadcasting unit, and you have other folks that are increasing their productions to give a product that will be able to entertain all the folks who feel like they've been alienated now hopefully they'll be bailed out in terms of fiscally they won't have to fire too many people in the NBA now their current media rights expire in two years which in terms of the business of a football team whatever sport you want to talk about one of the most important things is the media rights especially when you look at events like the Olympics it's all about the broadcasting rights because then you sell that to actual folks that want to advertise on the platform. So you see that with Olympics, you get one broadcast that has exclusive rights, then all of a sudden Pepsi, Coca, cola all these companies, they go to that particular broadcasting company and say, hey, we want to be on that, and they sell that, so then they make a profit from from it. Now, the NFL recently made a deal worth $113 billion. Now, that's not just for one year, that's all the way until 2023, but that does give you an estimate of just how much money and how important those rights are for broadcasting the product, the product being the actual show, or in this case, the game, whatever you wanna call it. Now, other interesting upbeat business news, Twitter is now adding a stock trading part to their app and their user experience. Further going to Elon Musk's long-term vision of having a one app that can rule them all. Can't help but think he might be a fan of the Lord of the Rings, with the one ring to rule them all. Nevertheless, great idea to try to keep someone on your platform and enable them with further features and functions. Now, in particular, they rolled out the feature a couple days ago and they partnered with a company called eToro, E-T-O-R-O. They were founded in 2007 over in Israel, and they are one of the largest popular online brokerage firms with 32 million global users. And this will give folks the ability to not only trade stocks, but also crypto and other online assets. So it'll be interesting to see what Elon does. He also had there's a article in which he said the company is close to breaking even, which from a company that was losing billions of dollars from their previous what's a nice way to say moronic foolish CEO and leadership where they clearly didn't care the company was bleeding so much. It'd be interesting to see how they were offsetting this cost. Nevertheless, if he can bring it back to just break even, he may very well make this more profitable sooner than people were thinking, which would be quite impressive. another great example of eliminating bureaucracy which depending on what the company structure is more often than not the more bloated it gets the more inefficient and expensive it becomes twitter had about eight thousand employees a year ago before elon bought it and he shaved it down to 1500 employees and anecdotal evidence my own personal experience it's the same damn experience if not better than when you had all those teams working that's a big air quotes because they also have all those funny videos where They had that one gal, famously, with a vlog, where her job, a day in the life of a Twitter employee, she she put this out for the world, almost as if to brag, but she ended up looking like a lazy moron, to say the least. So her day in the life as a Twitter employee, before Elon bought the company, she went to work for a 15-20 to minute meeting, and the rest of the day, she was in the the office, that is true, but she went to a spa, they had an on-site winery, a yoga class, Nothing to actually do with making the product better for the end users, just being a wasted sunk cost. And of course, based on the geographic the high cost of living, those folks are making two hundred fifty plus, two hundred fifty thousand dollars plus a year, plus stock options and every other and healthcare benefits, which is astonishing. Anyone could afford to be in business in the San Francisco Bay and the Silicon Valley area, because there's a lot of those costs. There's a lot of talent there. That's why they have the businesses there. But yeah, Elon laid off a majority of those folks, and guess what? It's working just as good, proving the point that most of them did basically nothing, if not were detrimental to the actual company. So another great example of you could slim down the company, and you even have the same, if not a better, user experience since he's decreased censorship, thankfully. Now speaking of Elon, going on to the culture part of the podcast, Elon Musk recently did an interview with the BBC. And it's a perfect example of how to deal with a dishonest interviewer. And let's go ahead and pull that up here. It's about five minutes long, so I'll probably pause it a couple times with the commentary. But the way he delivers this, the way he analyzes what this douchebag, I mean interviewer, says, it's quite fascinating. So let's start it.
1: Free speech is meaningless unless you allow people uh, you don't like to say things you don't like
0: so even though he wasn't born an american he wasn't born in america rather he's an african american he's born in, over in africa he already sounds like more of american than most of the people you see these days who don't believe people should have that freedom of speech otherwise
1: it's irrelevant um true if, at the point at which you lose uh, free speech uh it doesn't come back I, th- I think the issue some people have is that a lot of people were brought
2: back i mean some people were brought back who uh were previously banned for spreading things like uh, Cuban on conspiracies. You have people like Andrew Tate who were brought back, who were previously uh, banned for things like hate speech. Do you think you prioritize freedom of, of speech
1: over misinformation and hate speech? Well, you know, who's to say that something, something is misinformation? Um, who's the arbiter of that?
0: One of the best things to, to do during a debate, and again, I'm no expert. But have the person define the actual things they're trying to communicate. What is hate speech according to you? Because a lot of things, especially, I always like to equate it to technology, because that's my main job. What is the cloud? You have cloud services like Salesforce, you also have Facebook, which is a cloud app. But it, me- it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So when you actually start a debate or an interview, make sure you're on the same terms so you can actually have an eloquent conversation, or at least attempt to.
1: Is it the BBC.
2: Yeah, You're literally asking me. Yes. Well, no, you, be, you, are the the you are the arbiter
1: on Twitter because you own Twitter. Yes, I'm saying who, who is to say that uh, one person's misinformation is another person's information? Um, at the point at which you, have, you said that there is uh, this is misinformation, like who is but going you, you to decide that? You accept that misinformation that? can be dangerous, that it can cause real-world yes. harms, that it can potentially cause... Um, yes, yeah, so the point I'm trying to make is that the BBC itself has, at times, published things that are false.
0: And eventually we'll get the picture in picture, but this interviewer, looks like the he has the most, his view on his face is the embodiment of douchebaggery. If that is a word, check and let me know if the comment section, if that's an actual word that you can use in Scrabble. But yeah, that's true. During COVID, a lot of the media companies and even the government, they changed the definitions seemingly on a weekly basis. So what was banned yesterday is now fact today. Great book is 1984. Every American should read it. Every but he should read it
1: do you agree that that has occurred I, 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 I'm quite sure
2: the BBC have uh, uh, said things before that turn out to not be true in uh, it's it
1: whatever it is hundred year history I'm quite sure yes even if you aspire to be accurate there are times when it will, you, you will not be we've spoken to people very recently who were
2: involved in moderation and they just say they just there's not enough people to police this stuff particularly around um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company. Do, do, is that well, what that hate speech want to are you address?
1: talking about? I mean, you use Twitter, right? Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, I, just a personal anecdote. Like, what do you? do? I don't per, personally. My uh,
2: for you, I would see I get I get more of that kind of content. Yeah, yeah personally, but I, I'm not going to talk talk to the rest of for, for the rest of Twitter. So you see more hate speech personally? I would say I would see more hateful content in that in that content right. you don't like or or hateful.
1: What do you mean? to, to Describe a hateful thing.
0: Perfect. Exactly. What define it for me what is it you're really trying to communicate
1: yeah uh, i mean
2: you know just content that will solicit a, a reaction something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist those kinds of those kinds of things so you think if I'm, something
1: is slightly sexist it should be banned i n- no is
2: that I'm what not, you're saying i'm not
1: saying anything i'm well, saying i'm just curious i'm trying to say what you mean by hateful con- content and i'm asking for specific examples um and if and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more.
2: It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. I, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, you I. You can't don't, name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore because i i just don't particularly like it. You said actually a lot of people a lot of people are quite similar. I I
1: only I only, well, I well, only look well, hang on a second. You said you've thing, seen more hateful things. content but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure i have used that feed for the last 3 or 4 weeks and I, but I then how did you on. see that hateful content content? Exactly. Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last 6 months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen that for you hateful content. And I'm asking for one example. Right. And, and you I, can't I, give a single I, one. I, and, and, and and I'm saying I, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't be a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet. And yet-
0: Exactly. He's acing the interview beyond all belief. He certainly has his faults, but he's on point and exactly. Give him an example. You said you see it. Give me the actual evidence.
1: Yeah, you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No what, what what, no, yes. no, what I claimed.
2: What no. What
0: I was so many people, especially it seems politically, they are just so cowardice, so, so many you want to acquiesce from responsibility and actually calling out the truth. If someone's lying, call them out. Don't let them get away with it. Don't let them weasel their way out of this interview. They're trying to attack him and he turned the tables brilliantly.
2: There are many uh, organisations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has a feed or not, give me one example. Lots, I mean, I, right. And literally, if you look can not get someone like the, stri- the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U- in the UK? They will
1: say that. So, you, they, look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right. And as as I already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? that I you, don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, that's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then would how would for you
2: know this? single content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We, have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, wow. COVID misinformation.
1: You Amazing.
2: You've changed the COVID misinformation. Has the
1: BBC changes COVID misinformation?
2: The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter,
1: so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. i'm i'm, I'm was, just asking you about you change the labels
2: the covid misinformation labels there used to be a policy and then it, it then
1: disappeared why, why do that well it, 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 covid is no longer an issue does the bbc uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation regarding ma- masking and, and side effects of vaccinations and not reporting on that at all. And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? And this is a, this is not an interview about
2: the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't? <laughs> and I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. i talk about doing it too. All right, let's 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 talk about let's talk about something else. You weren't expecting that.
0: Perhaps one of the best interviews I've seen in years. Now, other interesting culture news. We'll see, perhaps this will become a business blunder long term. Now, Lego is getting political for reasons. Now, historically, they never get political at all. Because they make Lego bricks, which you can make anything from. One of the most inclusive toys in history. One of the most successful toys in history, in fact. It's... a. Uh, Let's the child's mind go through any creative process they want you can literally make anything it's the one of the greatest toys ever and in the past they never got involved including as things as simple as the military so they would never and they still actually canceled recent military techniques there was going to be the osprey helicopter plane looking thing but of course that's a military plane they doctored it up on the packaging so it looked it was supposed to be a rescue rescue one but because the primary use was military they canceled it and growing up as a kid i remember the most coveted things in legos were the gray bricks because if you have those bricks you make you know battleships tanks you can make the cool aircraft carriers planes military and for a long time and they still don't so they had an interesting change and in terms of politics and religion they have only ever gotten involved once in their history, as far as I can tell, when it comes to your religious portrayals. And it's kind of an underwhelming design. And bear with me, this show is getting more resources and more folks who like, subscribe, and comment. By the way, click this button, to help us out. The more I'll be able to invest in editing tools. But for today, we have the fanciest technologies known as cardstock and colored paper. Now, this is the one time LEGO got political. This was in 1958. So, quite a time ago, and there's not even a cross on this, but this is a church. So, some a of a church from, I believe, 1700s, and there's not actually a religious icon, but it was portrayed, this is a church. So, this is, historically, the one time they got involved in politics. Now, they've pulled products before, during the... BLM protests, which some turned into riots, they actually pulled the police Lego sets from the shelves during that time period. Now, recently, they came out with a new idea with collaboration with the LGBT community. Now, this was their Instagram page, which is followed by kids. And they created a slideshow of being A to Z of awesome, a alphabet of builds created by l g b t q u i a plus sign lego fans and i just went to reference my notes but nevertheless so they have this presentation of products i don't think you can buy them in stores with their creations and like also it goes against the grain this is a quote from lego quote lego isn't involved in any political views unquote historically i would agree with that now In this published materials, I highlighted the letters that were most controversial or the ones that are political for many people. And bear with me, I have to, a lot of new terms. So I need to reference these notes and the terms change all the time. Now, A is for ace in my experience of coming to my identity. Okay. And this is for kids. B is for bisexuality. It's not always a path you start and finish on it's something you are and it's not linear concept is open and overlapping so before these kids know anything about sex ed relationships with the opposite sex or before they know any of those topics they're seeing this now proceed throughout the alphabet c is for cis coming out quote to me coming out represents a new journey stepping forward into a more colorful world of possibilities unquote g is for gay I is for intersex L is for lesbian M is for marriage equality which is a very political divisive statement to make and an issue a lot of folks on the conservative side in the Catholic Church they believe marriage is a sacred testament between man and woman and one of the primary purposes is to procreate Now, you have the folks traditionally on the left who think marriage is anything and everything involving love. So it is a political issue. And Lego is putting this out there on their Instagram. And in doing so, they are endorsing that particular political issue. Next one. N is for non-binary. Which, interesting. I thought B was for binary. No, no, no. B is for bisexuality. Okay. Plus is for plus, I, I don't know what that means. I Some of the comments correct me. Now, this next term I thought was a pejorative term you're not supposed to use anymore, but it's in there, Lego, Alphabet, Instagram. Q is for queer, which I thought that was a pejorative term that no one's supposed to use anymore, but it's in there. Now, it gets more interesting. You have S is for Spectrum, not the cable company. Uh, I guess they clarified spectrum binary. Um, okay. And, um, T is for trans again, a political issue for a lot of folks and they skipped the Z, they didn't do the whole book. They forgot they, they they couldn't think of anything for Z. They couldn't make a Lego zebra or a xylophone or ZX Zamboni, a Canadian Lego set, nevertheless. I don't think these are production units, so you can't go to a store or a Lego store and find these as a packaged material, but they are statements and they are politically charged, therefore they're thereby. They are alienated to some of their consumers. That's undeniable. They are alienated to some folks. Now, is that percentage of alienation greater or less than the number of people they might be turning onto the product by increasing that actual spectrum of diversity or their customer profile they're trying to get into. Although historically with Legos, it was such a open product that it wasn't gender specific. wasn't really age specific. It's yes, more towards kids, but now they even have adult Lego sets that are extremely expensive and complex. But before these statements, if you were to ask me, is Lego a politically biased company or do they have any preferences? I would have said no because the founders didn't want that. Granted, I believe the, the last CEO who took over was the first one who was no longer in the family, the folks who founded the company. But this is a huge deviation from the company's traditional business practices. Will it tank them? I mean, I would guess not given their market share and they are the most, one of the most successful toys in history. But it is a risk on their it is a business risk. And it'll be interesting to see if it blows up in their face. Time shall tell. Now, going on to the news, Trump is suing Michael Cohen for 500 million dollars. Almost feels like it should be a Dr. Evil thing with a little pinky. I won't dignify, I won't do that, I'm too dignified. No, 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 no. Now, Trump is alleging that Cohen violated attorney-client privilege with Trump by, quote, spreading falsehoods, unquote, and revealing confidential information with malicious intent and wholly self-serving ends which even from an unbiased perspective i think that's fairly accurate now cohen has profited off of his experience with trump now specifically the lawsuit references cohen's book and his book is called disloyal a new memoir i mean that's that's a pretty straight correlation i think trump has an argument there and then they also reference michael cohen's appearances on podcasts and other media outlets also, Cohen is going to be, is expected to be a key witness in Trump's current impending criminal trial in New York. And it's one of those interesting things where $500 million is a lot. And of course, you know, the art of the deal, some might say, is to ask for a lot, and then you get less or you get a little. But it'll be interesting to see if Trump technically has a legal case. In America, especially, you can sue anyone for anything, whether or not you win, that's Really, what matters. Any lawyer, most lawyers will take your money no matter what. It's just kind of the legal system we have here. Now, does he have a case where he really defamed him? And I think there is a case that you could say he violated attorney co- client privilege. He's been talking a lot. Time shall tell what happens there. Now, other global interesting news on the political front this is. Pretty astounding, though, to some, not surprising at all, given the long-term history of the Ukraine. Now, Zelensky and his generals apparently embezzled $400 million. Now, this is an estimate made by the Central Intelligence Agency, rudimentarily known as the CIA. So, this isn't coming from someone, some random guy on the internet, some random vlogger, or some random guy with the podcast. The podcasts are awesome, especially this one. But... This is coming from the CIA, and this is, we only know this because of the leaked documents that were recently revealed. Now, it's noted that a lot of the funds were going to him and his generals, and these recent leaked documents also noted that the presence, there's a presence of U.S. and NATO forces in Ukraine, which, again, not surprised to hear. We were told U.S. troops wouldn't be going over there, but it is what it is kind of thing. I'm not too surprised. And the more this keeps going on, the more and more, it almost sounds like Vietnam, where the US involvement is increasing, not just fiscally but also with human presence. And in Vietnam, there's a fascinating, particular legal analogy, or not analogy, terminology, where they were not soldiers with, and correct me in the comments, if you're a Vietnam historian, but they were in a training capacity at first. And Russia did the same thing. They weren't directly involved with the Vietnam War, but well, gosh darn, they sure got a lot of AK-47s, famously. Engineered, manufactured in Russia and Russian allied nations and they got training like in terms of physical combat and arms training from Russia as well now these recent documents also revealed that Ukraine was attacking Belarus Zelensky was ordering attacks inside of Russia which goes against the narrative quite a bit where a lot of folks are saying we, sh- we should give them as much to defend their country and there's a big difference both fiscally morality politically between defense and offense. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then Zelensky is also buying fuel from Russia, which last time I checked all of Europe was trying to ban that practice and what we were what I was told throughout my reporting or what, rather throughout my research was that they were only buying the only people who were buying Russian oil were apparently India and China. But it turns out they were still buying fuel from Russia because guess what their country is very energy, energy dependent. And in fact, most of Europe is based on their green initiatives the past couple of years where they were trying to expand the green initiative technologies for energy manufacturing and distribution. But a lot there's a lot of clouds in some areas, so solar is not going to be the most efficient in certain geographies, and they still rely on fossil fuels for their energy. Now, it'll be interesting to see what additional documents are released, and if that deters anyone's thoughts of supporting the country... It's interesting, go to any article, even as diverse as, you know, from Fox to Breitbart to CNN to MSNBC, look back throughout the years and geography historically has had a lot of corruption, which is not a lot, I was about to say a lot, it was like two US politicians who had the Tolmerity in the backbone to actually say, hey, uh, why don't we have some oversight about the money we're spending them, we're just flushing all, I guess they didn't send cash perhaps, there was a wire transfer, how do you send that much, an exponential amount of cash? but why don't we ask our website where we see hey here's the ledger here's ABCD. A, b c d let's look at the expenses where are they actually spending the money and everyone in the government the u.s government just no no we gotta send it no no questions asked just send it again not the brightest idea now going on to the business blunder of the day it's hard to deny bud light the blunder is brewing now a couple of things have happened not only fiscally but also personnel so The Bud Light hypocrisy, the first thing. Their VP of marketing, the brilliant Alyssa Heinerschild, who probably was on LinkedIn, as listed as a she, her, or he, her, wait, sure, her, not her, she, she, her pronouns. And on LinkedIn, she bombastically, in her actual bio, like the one or two sentences that everyone sees, even if you're just hovering over the profile, is first female VP in, and I don't know if it's specific to Anastasia Bush, but in the brewing industry. Very proud of that fact. And her whole initiative, her idea was Bud Light was a old, bad brand for frat boys. There's some truth to that. It is for flat, frat boys. You don't see a lot of billionaires drinking Bud Light, perhaps, some might say. But she also wanted, she specifically called out, days before the partnership with Dilvania, which led to the controversy, that she wanted to get rid of that frat boy brand. That was not an appealing thing she thought, therefore it was a bad thing. Now, the best, most informative photos came out and it had spoiler alert it was pictures of her being a frat boy or i guess in her instance a frat girl if that's a thing again urban dictionary i need to utilize that more to understand culture nevertheless she was drinking beer also known oh i didn't know if it's actually bud light beer but she was drinking beer out of a condom and doing the typical college shenanigans embracing that very culture she set out to apparently destroy so hypocritical absolutely and now it's actually being revealed more blunders behind bud light now stock is averaging about five billion dollars less in value which is an interesting thing if you try to quantify the actual value of a stock it hurts everyone who owns the stock because guess what if they try to sell it it's worth less so it is kind of weird to think of, this stock is worth all these billions of dollars because it's all is publicly traded, anyone can buy or sell it. It's gonna be rough to try to sell it because it is worth less. Now, this is thanks to the independent reporting at the Daily Wire, a great conservative media company out of the Tennessee area, well, that's where the headquarters is, I believe it's Nashville in particular, but they provide some exceptional on the ground reporting that I could appreciate. Now, they have an unnamed source at Bud Light saying that quote, no one at the senior level of the company was aware of Bud Light's polarizing partnership with Dylan Mulvania, or Mul- Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney being perhaps the most viral person on TikTok, having over 10 million followers, getting endorsements from all the major brands for more money than I could possibly fathom, I believe. And Dylan Mulvaney is known for quote, quote, transitioning from a he to a sh-. I forgot his pronouns or her pronouns, but... He grew to fame by, he was a broad, Broadway actor for most of his life. And then he had the idea, or was inspired, or again, the vernacular is all new to me, but Dylan chose to document 365 days of being a woman, where, put the camera on himself or herself, whatever the, I forget what he goes by these days, it changes. But it was a documentary every day of talking about Dylan's life as a woman, and he'd do very stereotypical things in such fashion, and brands are throwing millions of dollars at Dylan because millions of people are talking about Dylan, they're tuning in, and the VP at Bud Light thought, this is a good idea, our current clients will love this. Nevertheless, perhaps the biggest business blunder in history, right after Coke, you know, they bankrupt themselves by introducing new Coke. Granted, they're not going out of business, they're extremely diversified in the number of beers they brew, it's also also geographically with their sales. But now they're saying the execs had no idea this is going on. They're scared to all hell because their sales are dropping precipitously. You have more and more. And again, this is very similar to a automotive manufacturer and the distribution of making of the product. So look at General Motors. General Motors is here. They manufacture the car. Now they can't sell to direct to consumer. So they sell it to a distributor and or a dealership. The customer then goes to the dealership and they buy there. So they are indirect sales model. You have a quote unquote middleman. Now, this also means that the sales figures from the parent company or the actual manufacturer, they're delayed. Because their customer doesn't buy today, they don't care. They got the sale from the middleman, the distributor, or in this case, the brewing, like a bar or a distributor for Anheuser-Busch. So there's not a lot of known, they are publicly traded, so we'll see their fiscal quarter results. But they're getting a delayed amount of data. So we have a lot of anecdotal data that is coming to light. Now, in particular, there's a bar called the Case in Bucks in Missouri, And they noted a 40% decrease in Bud Light sales. And if you look at, this is especially a blunder because historically someone actually looked into their political donations to further prove the point of who they used to cater towards. And they did donate more to GOP candidates. Granted, they also donate to Democrats. That's part of what a business does. Hedge the bets is also a classy or cliche saying, but no matter who wins, you want to make sure that They are in favor, or rather, they have a positive light on your business. They see the importance of you doing the local employments, what have you. And of course, they hope for some favorable legislation, traditionally speaking. Now, so they're donating more to the GOP uh, traditionally. They completely alienated that particular segment of the brand. And they are starting to lose money because of this. Time will tell the actual fiscal amount that the parent company, anheuser Bush, is gonna suffer. And another part of the business blunder that's developing this week consumers are now becoming more and more educated on the parent company actually diverse portfolio. Because to you know to just protest one beer, that's not gonna have, a, it'll have a, an effect, but this company brews 50 beers globally. They're globally owned by InBev. Now the US, Anheuser-Busch is what many people know, they own many brands as well. But now people are starting to realize that this same company brews Budweiser, makes sense, but like Budweiser, but they also figured out, wait, whoa, what? They also blew, they, they brew Stella Ortiz, that's the same company. Michelob Ultra, same company. Bush Beer, same company. So this blunder is being exemplified by many people are realizing the other brands that they control, manufacture, distribute. So... Now, those brands are going to be boycotted as well, most likely, by conservative folks who are not appreciative of this particular perspective and endorsement that Bud Light chose to go with. And because the sales are getting worse and worse and worse, they're, and the execs' big oversight or lack of oversight on their part, marketing is most one of the most important things a business does. It's the reason I have a little sticker on this laptop. It's the reason I, I frankly like to dress up in a suit for my day job and for the podcast. It's... A certain brand of professionalism I like to embody and it's also comfortable. I actually like wearing a suit. Call me crazy, but you'll see me at a grocery store actually shopping in a suit. Granted, I only make trips on the way back from business meetings. Nevertheless, it's a key component of the business. And they took on this marketing campaign that alienated their core clients. And they're losing more money. More money. So they are the business blunder of the day, bar none. Time shall tell if they win sometime. Maybe we'll have some. And let me know in the comments. I'm always looking for feedback, which is why I moved the laptop so you can see more hand gestures. Maybe we'll call it Feedback Friday in the future or something to that effect. But maybe we'll have an award for business blunder of the year. Let me know in the comments if you think that might be a good idea. Maybe we have a vote on the Twitter or YouTube or wherever we post the most. But yeah, that is bar none the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Cannot thank you enough for your comments and support and feedback in the video chats and the comments. Thank you again. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment if you haven't already. And don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies. Tell anyone and everyone to stay safe and fight the good fight.